at least for the pro side, it is funny that they're like, oh my God, it's nationals. And then it's like, what? But there's but there's Canadian but there's teams. Canadian and then all of the Canadian and then all all of the hey, Canadian. Hey, hey. Hold on. I'm talking about pro. I said hey, pro. Hey. There are no Europeans in pro. Is that what they said? A? No, I meant I meant Canadians. They, was, they go, A, oh. A? They go, A, 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 what about us? And then say, hey, championship, A. And then they go, hey, let's just get a T9 so they don't have to worry about it. <laughs> All of the, oh wow wow, wow. that's going in that's going into the end of the book oh my gosh <laughs> i'm to, i'm toxic Shots. dude is that no love kiss oh my goodness <laughs> um all right all right scott okay i'm gonna start this thing i'm we've about been, to start it we've been steady starting all right. All right. Someone else take the lead. I'm just here for uh for the fun. I've talked, I've talked <laughs> too much about this. I'm about event. to I talk hit too it, much. Mike. I'm about to hit it. Hit All it. right. Welcome back, everyone, to the episode 36 of That Roundnet Podcast. Today, we are reviewing the That's championship, gonna... right? So we had three divisions, co-ed, women's, and pro men's that we're going to be talking about today. And those aired on ESPN. So, uh, guys, we talked about it last week. We talked about our predictions, but let's get into it and talk about what happened yeah let's um before we get into the women's division or co-ed we'll start with the co-ed should we talk a little bit about the espn broadcast oh yeah would you guys don't, as long it? as you don't like, talk about the commentary there, right? as long as you don't talk about the commentary <laughs> <laughs> i had it on mute anyway yeah. oh my god there's this guy on the broadcast he just kept talking about the the no hit zone in like this soft touch rule i have no idea what they are but he just like every single match he just had to explain no while you're hitting i was like no hit zone wow like, that's new to me yeah i play on sand i don't know what you're talking about like um, but anyway but i guess yes. you at least you had at least you got to hear commentary gavin a lot of people didn't get the chance to uh watch the stream. Well, like who? Who didn't get uh. to hear commentary? I was I was at home just chilling, ESPN three, <laughs> using my mom's TV subscription from Xfinity, and I had it. It was perfectly fine. No, who didn't get right. to watch? There's uh the story away the, the sarcasm and uh, where this okay. conversation okay. energy is heading. But let's talk a little bit serious. The yeah. ESPN broadcast, right? Not many people outside of US, outside of the US, were able to watch the coverage and i think for me that's pretty disappointing given that yes it's it's nationals so it's a u.s you know uh event but it's also the championship you know we've also hosted or the sts spike have hosted events in canada and in europe this year and there's athletes you know coming to the u.s to compete at the championship because it's a you know an international event at the international you know finale of this season that's been held in many different countries and unfortunately it was only broadcasted to those in the u.s and there was really no access for those in the community to watch it outside and i think that's yeah a lot of people have been pretty disappointed about it um a lot of people messaged me and told me a little about it and i mean i myself despite being in the u.s i mean i was i was traveling during the final so i wasn't able to watch but i was trying to give access to people to watch the streams but yeah, you just got a question. Was the ESPN three broadcast worth worth the outlay of not giving a lot of your community and audience the chance to watch the the finals? Yeah, and there's two sides of the conversation on this one. I mean, as far as ESPN is concerned, it's a it's a major network, and there's the opportunity to distribute this kind of content to people that are outside of the immediate round net 
like mainstream of our culture and our community. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, we have all these dedicated, devoted followers that didn't have the opportunity to see the the content that they wanted to see. And then have it, not having any secondary stream for these people to see it is, in my opinion, you're missing you're missing an entire target market there. And it's it's really upsetting that a lot of people didn't get to get to watch. But uh, at the same time, yeah. there's two sides of it. Um, I, whether or not the right decision was made, we'll we'll never know. But I, it's it's just a tough it's just a tough 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 thing because you you wish that there was some way you could do both so i guess what i'll say and i'll note that like i'm genuinely going to be careful in this conversation not because like i'm worried about anything but like right i was involved with the thing and i'm obviously close with spike ball and the people that like make these decisions and run these things so like right transparently like i'm not gonna bash them in whatever way but like i think but I'm still going to give criticism. And I think the reality of it is, I think there, that there, there could be, right. It could be the situation where the answer to like Scott's question is like, yes, or whatever it is. We think it is worth not having these players watch it. However, because we recognize and, but sharing that you recognize that that is a problem and what you can do to alleviate it. Like, Right. Mm-hmm. For example, right. Stating ESPN always does us only. We heavily pushed for it to be an international broadcast and it just didn't work out. Or as a substitute, we are going to immediately post the games just from a tripod view with a scoreboard two hours after the broadcast. Right. Yep. So avoid social media. So it's more of like a, I think there are, if, if the answer is, and it, and it truthfully might be where it's like, yeah, this is a huge opportunity. Like, truthfully, I'm so excited about these, like, real matches being on ESPN, mm-hmm. too. Huge um, step. Huge right, step for the sport. Massive. Huge step for And I truthfully think company. it was a great product. I think everything besides the mm-hmm. color commentary was just, like, unreal product. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> um, I, I don't believe I said that with a straight face. But anyway. <laughs> but I think the answer is, like, it's it's a yes and. Where it's like, mm-hmm. regardless of, I, I'm such a freaking mess, guys. I can't stop fidgeting. I just knocked over my space heater. <laughs> Anna's gonna be laughing at me. I get from the other room. Um, uh, I think it's a yes and. Where it's like, okay, mm-hmm. yes, this happened, but there are other things you can do to at least show the other audiences that you thought about them and care about them, because the perception is that they were either not thought about or purposefully ignored exactly yes Mm -hmm. exactly and as we mentioned with so many european athletes traveling to the event and competing it's such a shame that so many people weren't able to just watch them play same thing with you know canadian athletes that worked so hard to get in the pro division and will then you know won't be able to be seen but either either way as you said Great for the sport, great for Spikeball to get on ESPN3. Hopefully that relationship like blossoms and there's a chance to get more around it on TV. Again, ESPN's goal, I'm sure, was to see how the retention showed, how the retention um, you know, acted and performed for their normal viewers throughout through showing Roundnet on their TV screens. It wasn't particularly to get Roundnet players and, and the communities in Roundnet to subscribe to ESPN3 to watch the finals. It was more to no, see how right. their existing it's audience would yeah would 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 react to showing Roundnet on their screens. And hopefully it was positive so we can show more Roundnet on the screen. 
but there's always again did you was it worth the sacrifice of i mean again irritating quite a few people outside the us not being able to see the championship i'm not going to say nationals because it was also the championship and it's a, the pinnacle of an international tour series so if if there was communication more forethought for or thoughts going into this situation I, I doubt many people would have too many arguments or too you know wouldn't be too irritated about it but it was a loss felt like it's a loss communication thing. it's all about communication yeah, yeah. it's and all still, about communication or heard anything and consideration right yep. it's been well, how many days um, since the championship and nothing's been said from yeah. spiteful's side in regards well, to why there wasn't any, any way to show right. yeah um mm. i hate saying this true but i will say i just on a different topic it actually was like the coolest thing <laughs> just to like have that be a thing. And I'm happy maybe on a different episode to share more. There's something like we were talking about whatever. I hate this because I don't know what I'm allowed to like share and stuff. So I texted <laughs> Nora if like, because there's something she said, if I could like share that with the group. So TBD. And if not, I'm sorry for bringing it up. But Scott, <laughs> I think this is a totally reasonable point. I agree with you. I think it's like it right. I said, it's a yes. And of like, mm -hmm. that could be the best thing for the sport. But that doesn't mean it was the only way to go at it. Mm -hmm. Right. I yeah. just I yeah. wish there was a backup, like a backup plan. I mean, the the amount of oversight for there not being another. I mean, I mean, ESPN being being like a U.S. based kind of stream. I mean, at least ESPN three. Like the the fact that there was. I, I know Ben was out there recording games and everything like that. But in the case that Ben's stream didn't work, there wasn't a solid backup plan. This for is that the not yeah. working. And we he was on up... cellular data using his cell phone. I I'm not not to mm -hmm. like say anything about the quality of his streams because I think they're great when he has good service, but the fact that he didn't have service and there was no wired wired um, uh, internet that was provided to him or some sort of like if it's a conflict of interest to have Gasway simultaneously streaming so that it can be broadcast over the internet rather than within the community ESPN yeah. like. If, if it's a conflict of interest for ESPN, why not have a third party do it on a less professional basis and at least yeah. set them up with the resources that they need in order to make it happen. But that yeah. was an yeah. oversight. And I think we can learn from this, this mistake. And then hopefully next year okay. there's a secondary option. If we do plan to have ESPN do it again. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I truthfully, I also write like, so again, it's about the communication because the answer might be like, no, we might literally get sued by ESPN for $50,000 if you have someone there broadcasting it, mm -hmm. right? Or something like that, right? You know, the things that come up when you're watching a football game, like using this product is is against, without written consent from the NFL is blah, 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 yeah. blah. Yeah. So like, maybe that's the reality, but again, that's okay. Something you need to discuss is like, we made this hard decision for this. And like, what I said is like, we're going to post this or something like that, but I'm I'm just going on at this point. Yeah, right. Like, I yeah. think I, I think just to end end this sort of topic topic, I just want to shout out Joel Morel for a last minute. I don't know if you guys were aware, but he um he was Instagramming live his ESPN three broadcast on his TV so that all Europeans could watch it, as well as many people on Discord sharing their sharing their screens so that people could jump on and watch the the finals live. That's um, sweet. just. Again, a crazy scenario, but I appreciate the people who went to try and find solutions uh, so people could watch the finals. Yeah. My my last thing about ESPN, and we'll talk about more later, I genuinely think it might have been more fun watching on ESPN than watching in person 
because like I, I maybe not wrong but like when i was in the the booth and i was like watching the different camera like i watched uh, assistive touch or switch hit just like in the truck via the cameras and it just looks so freaking cool i'm like this actually like is a really nice way to watch the sports. It yeah, was. I like, have to say that, that I did tune in for. It looked yeah. really, yeah, it was really enjoyable to watch. Yeah, I I love the, the camera angles were great. Yeah, so that's, that's yeah. the that's the that's the future. Like this this broadcast. So this is the same broadcast company that had did college nationals in 2019. So mm-hmm. like they had some experience, and I think they did a did a great job. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, everything. Yeah, so, everything. Anyway, was... we can move on from that. Yeah, you know everything what? Was you know Follow the commentary. So let's I was gonna say, on. speaking speaking of Besides great job, that. <laughs> speaking of great job, how do you guys think? How do you think the uh, the coed the coed slots? Do you think they did a great job grabbing those people, or do you think we could have had better co? I'm just playing. No, well, we had what <laughs> we had Golden Hour in in uh, Europe and Bag of Chips and Pinto play on Friday, and so as so far did, as that went, Golden Hour. Did you guys over... watch any of those? Yeah, you guys I, watched watch those yes? on, I watched those on Friday mm-hmm. on the. I think it was Ben's Ben stream. I'll say I'll say truthfully, like I, I I guess I only caught side eye. I caught the first half of Europe or the Swiss Tria versus Golden Hour, but truthfully, like the semis between Pinto and Bag of Chips and then the finals are like some of my favorite round that I've ever watched. Like <laughs> I really liked it. I was a big I, fan. I wasn't able to watch and feel welcome to disagree, yeah. but like I loved it. I I had a great time. I don't think I got to see. I don't. I didn't see Bag of Chips and Pinto. Not not, not as much of it as I would have liked. Mm-hmm. so i missed out i guess oh, you missed like an unbelievable comeback like it was super cool i mean or just, just goes game sh- two yeah but sorry. it's just going to show now that like co-ed can be really watchable even when yes. played <laughs> with both players competing at the top level no more need to boot but on no more need to yeah it really is watchable which again is very rare in most sports so good that we're keeping that and good that it was such a watchable product mm-hmm. i'm sure for espn3 sorry not for espn well espn3 the final but also everyone who tuned in and watched the, watched the streams on the friday with the semi-finals yeah i just think it's going to be a, a a constant reminder to the viewer of things like no hit zone things like soft touch things like people double fault a lot because they're serving as hard as they possibly can if yeah. if those things are being said on a consistent basis, the person that comes in is viewing for the first time. Even if yep. even if it's on a community stream, it's important that people can pick up and see and understand the rules. Because if they don't and they don't understand why the there's so many dead spaces in the game, then it's not nearly as interesting to watch. But if you understand that dynamic and there's an emphasis on that dynamic, it makes it so much more enjoyable. So I don't know, I think that was that's like such a huge thing. It, and then I mean like yeah, go ahead. I well, so I, um, I double agree with you. I'm just getting excited and want to talk about the matchups. I do want to shout out Marcus because he didn't play very well, especially in the third place game. But I still want to just like shout him out because like I'm I can't imagine like how much pressure he's felt like right ne- not played in the U.S. at least as far as I know. Come over playing against like some of the best players in the world. And like trying to hold his own, especially like on stream, everyone's watching. So shout like, shout up to him. Know, really, yeah. shout out to him for 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 even for being able to just even do it. Yeah, like, and like, for, and for yeah. him keeping up too. It's, like it's playing just, Ryan Gross and Kara Hoy in the third place game, like that's fine, right? Right. <laughs> yep. Well, now that we have the opportunity, we went through we went through semis, and I mean, Pinto and Bag of Chips, you said was a really entertaining entertaining game to watch, and then. Europe, Europe versus Golden Hour was kind of like 
okay, that's kind of what we expected. Um, stinks that Europe couldn't have had a little bit more exciting results, but it's kind of what we expected. But then we get into the first place matchup. What did you think of? Oh, sorry, I was interrupting. I think you're a little skippy, but um, we'll give it a sec, or maybe I'm skippy. I'll just say, what did you think of the finals? Yeah, of the finals. Honestly, it was cool to see the sisters have the opportunity to go up against each other. Um, Ali and Livia playing against one another is just a really interesting dynamic because you have you have really have an opportunity to see them at other on other sides of the net from one another and see which parts of their game are really emphasized. Um, as far as the level of play, it was it was amazing to see how well Will did. Like, I don't think I've seen, I mean, you got to hear the interviews. You got to see him come to the camera and I saw him shooting, shooting his fake handgun at Raul quite a few times. It's like, he really went off. He did really great job serving. And um, it was just too much for bag of champs chips to handle. I think that's really mm -hmm. the outlier of the game is that yeah. Will, Will popped off. And when that happens, he's going to get an ace 90% of the time on the co-head women's player. And if he's getting aces on Raul, then it's, it's lights out. Um, I have uh, two things, but I'll say the first is that like, I guess this is my question for you. Well, I'll just say my thing quick. I said it on I said it on commentary. Will was practicing his serves all morning, so I just like love when he popped off because it's like yeah, you just like put in the work this morning and just like fine tuned him, which was awesome. The second thing is like how I felt how I felt about it, and you of course can disagree, and um, is like. Someone watching that might be like, this sport is dumb. These are serves, right? Like they're not even hitting it towards them. But in my head, I'm like, that's fine. I'm like, I'm, and so like, like, right. Some people could be like, it's dumb that like a serve ball game is going to be on ESPN. I kind of like it because I'm like, that is the sports. Like that happens. I think it's cool. A lot of people think it's cool. And like, I, I'm, I don't, I don't want to pretend the sport is something it's not to people online obviously there's things of how do you get people in but like i don't know it just it felt like a real great game of round net that co-ed finals to me yeah i agree with that i, I don't know i i just think that with again when more people when people watch the sport for a longer duration of time and realize that that it takes an extreme level of expertise in order to execute these these serves it's not an easy task these people have put in hundreds if not thousands of hours into refining their skills and to do that as easy as it looks and as easy as they make it look they make it look easy because they've spent a lot a lot of time working on it and i mean it it all just comes down to it's a skill they perfected it and you have to you kind of have to look at it as wow that's really impressive as opposed to wow that's unfair it's it's well, not not impressive. Sometimes I think of serving as like shooting in basketball, or yeah. it's like if someone hits ten for ten three pointers, it's like wow they've practiced that a ton and they are very good at it. Yeah. And sometimes I think of basketball because basketball is a game where like you can't actively defend. Uh, that's a mean. That's a way of like you can't goaltend, right? So it's like if someone's over you and they take a shot, there's like nothing you can do if they hit their shot, right? So like I think of like. So serving round net can sometimes be that where it's like dang if you just hit the craziest cut like sometimes that's really hard to get and sometimes yeah. it's just like claps to them somebody you know? hitting a, a, a really strong off-handed serve to me is just like a trey young or steph curry pulling one up from from the uh from the, the logo 
Like it's just, you can't yeah. defend it. There's no way. And it, and how many times out of 10 do they hit that though? It's not nearly as common and they've spent a ton of time refining their craft. So it's impressive, but many, many viewers of the sport that are new to it won't see it from that perspective because right. I haven't seen enough of it. But if that's emphasized in the commentary, which I think you did a great job of, Mike, and we'll talk about that later, then I think people can pick it up and understand that, wow, that's legal one. Two, it's impressive. And three, it's not unfair because it is possible to get to those balls. Just might be a misstep. It might be that he really read your serve-receive step. It it happens, right? But it's just like a three-pointer. Scott, do you have really thoughts have any... on that or can I ask you a new question? Ask me a new question. Would you like to see co-ed pro or co-ed or just in general? And excuse me, mixed. A lot of people call it mixed. Would you like to see that return at the championship next year? Yeah, I think so. I think it doesn't, there's definitely with how good the games were and how, you know, enjoyable they were to watch, to follow. And I think just another element to, to, to enjoy the championship. I think absolutely. I don't think, I don't think there's any real drawbacks in it at all. Um, it gave Will the opportunity to have a great Sunday. Um, he obviously went out with Airbuds on the Saturday, but had the opportunity to have a great, great Sunday. Ryan was still playing. Twins were obviously still playing. Um, but it gave the opportunities to sort of deflect some attention away from just their pro bid, even on the, the women's side. Um, what Kara would have been out by then as well. Um, Louder and Twins had the finals coming up. But yeah, it just gave the top players another opportunity to uh, play at the top of their game and showcase what they can do. So I, I was really enjoyed it. I'll, I'll say it just for the soundbite. Will was playing with some swagger when he would hit those serves <laughs> just to see him just at roll and <laughs> blow it off. Yeah. He was out there playing real confident and that, that looked really good for him and looked really good for even like for our community to see everybody hit, seeing him hit those serves. I mean, how, what's more exciting than that? It's awesome. And Anyways. I'd also just, I'd also just add on that for, for Will, I would say that it's interesting because we are definitely aware that some play some players in front of the big broadcast or in front of the big screens definitely, you know, you know, shelter in or struggle to really perform at their highest level. Will's definitely one of those players that enjoys the attention, enjoys and there's nothing wrong with that whatsoever. Uh, and you could see that he enjoyed it when he was playing uh, in the co ed finals. Yep. He took full advantage of it. Yeah. Yep. And good yeah. on him. Good on um... him. Guys, I'm overwhelmed by the amount of things to talk about. So let's talk about <laughs> women's. Let's move yep. on to women's. Yeah, we have loads to talk it. about. So as far as women's was concerned, I didn't really see anything that like super stood out in the round of 16. However, in the quarterfinals, we did have both Scream Team and Dust Parapetai playing each other, as well as KP and Graham Rogers. We'll talk about Scream Team first. Scott, since you're the native European expert, um, mm. give us kind of your thoughts. <laughs> 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 on screen team playing uh what did they take they took i always forget what they took. ended up I taking know there was third. first okay yeah it doesn't surprise me whatsoever i think we talked about them last week on the preview coming in that we knew they'd uh, be definitely they could cause some upsets uh, and beat some top teams in the u.s and uh i mean they proved that they uh they ended up losing to twins in the semi-final in two and I think both of them will be a little bit disappointed with how they played. I think there's a lot of double faults by both of them. Um, so they would be a little bit disappointed of how they performed. Um, but they ended up then beating Kickstart in the bronze game. And I mean, that's a big result from them to beat, you know, one of the top women's team here in the US and they beat them in two. 
So to podium at the championship and have eventually having three out of the six women. That's on crazy. The, yeah. Three out of the six women in the championship. Yeah. Three out of six uh, women in the championship podium be European. It's pretty impressive. I think so. Yeah. Good on them. I think bronze is definitely a, real, a realistic target they was aiming for and they got it. So, I mean, yeah, not surprising, but I th- quite impressive. I think, yeah, I think th- like third bronze is like, not like obviously like first and second is like what they, what would be like a dream win. I think like third is like just a very, like a great performance. That's yeah. Right. It's like, if they got a T5, it would be like, okay, that makes sense. If they got first or second, it would be like, oh my God. But third is like, yeah, okay. They played well. Like that was yep. great. I yep. want to point out this, but the most notable thing for me is actually like when they played thus Parvati, they lost the game quarters. one 21 13 mm-hmm. and then won the next two 21 14, 21 15. Yeah. Like that's those things Huge. are always really impressive to me when teams can bounce back. Yeah. Agree. Oh, bounce back hard. Like that. Oh, wait, yeah. But yeah. So it makes you wonder what they can team. do in a couple of years from now. If they, if they, if there's another, another world's in 2024, I saw IRF posted something about that and getting ready for that two years in advance. But if they come to mm-hmm. nationals again next year, or they have the opportunity to travel over here or vice versa next year, you wonder how much they, how much opportunity they have to improve and how quickly the tables could turn. And but na- yeah. And, that, and that's the th- like we, and I will just note two things on that topic, Gavin, I would say one, yes, they're a top European team in Europe, but they're not the top European, European team in Europe. I mean, Tiramisu is very much up there competing alongside, if not potentially above them based on results this year. And they are yet to compete against, um, <clears throat> they're yet to compete against teams from the US, mainly because Danny, one half of Tiramisu, wasn't able to travel to Worlds and because they haven't traveled to the US together. But I mean, this is the thing. Scream team aren't even the best team in Europe. So yep. if they're getting podium at the at championship right. slash nationals, right. I mean, yep. I would just say again, they have great competition here in Europe and the European women's team is only going to be better um, next year without doubt. So to yeah. me, and, and we'll talk about it more in a little bit, but I think that this was the absolute climax for the, the men's pro division. And we'll get to that later, but for the women's women's division, I feel there's still more of a storyline to tell even just this season. And mm-hmm. we just haven't seen, there's so many, there's so many options for parody that I wish we would have the opportunity to explore and we could do an entire podcast on, women's parody and women's pairings that that have an opportunity to compete against twins and whatever but that's definitely a topic yeah that'll be interesting to hear um yeah yeah but we let's talk about some other matchups in the quarterfinal because yep. we had kickstart beating the other european all, team all of them <laughs> all of them no <laughs> yeah. we, we had twins uh beating uh joel and was it joel and sachi yeah um pretty Which i think is like just as standard result right like a what we expected from we expected that from them yeah. you know making yep. top eight mm-hmm. um and screen team know, yeah what, winning what as we mentioned in 2-1 after comebacking in the first set we kickstart beating made in germany the other full european team in the championship uh made of alexa and nora from uh, germany winning well i mean both games were close 23 21 and 21 19 so a good performance but not enough um, mm-hmm. for them to advance a so kickstart advancing to the semifinals and then the last quarterfinal which I think is of, of much interest Notable. is yeah I mean tough for Graham and uh, for Becca Graham and Ali Rogers to be such a low seed going into the tournament where they played such a high seed so early on with uh, playing Katie and Laura 
but they yeah they lost in yeah. 21 19 and 22 20 very uh, disappointing uh, yeah. yeah again not too not too uh, unexpected because it, it was always going to be a tough matchup and it wouldn't have been surprised to whoever took it in my opinion um but i so i was just going to say is like Rogers. it's 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 it is just unfortunate because i think right they could have made the podium they could have made the podium if it was a different matchup right given they lost to the second place finisher mm-hmm. um unfortunately that's just the way at least the current pool play crumbled where they went undefeated they just had the lowest point diff and and got the six you know that's just i will mention unfortunate. they dropped the set though they dropped the set in pool play oh i didn't know that yes they dropped the set to to lou and uh camilla anderson okay yeah so, so i think that might have been the difference in their point differential well, that is how the yeah. pool play crumbles in that case. And I mean, obviously, Katie and Lara really brought it to him. Um, it was two close games, 21-19, 22-20. And I mean, really could have gone either way when you have those games that are so close. And with an overtime second game, you never know what could have happened. But at the same time, Katie and Lara just brought their A game, finished what they needed to do, and yep. one and two. So, I mean, that's a great I, yeah. segue into into – the semifinals we had twins and scream team and then before we move into the semifinal story again i do just want to mention one quick thing because i was watching the live stream that ben dantowitz was streaming for the women's game and he had the mic under the net and ali and becca couldn't have like taken the loss better like they was like obviously very disappointed it was the first time they've not gotten a podium in what six seven years mike at the at, at, at the championship slash nationals and as soon as as soon as they lost the last point, Ali immediately went to both Katie and, and Laura and just complimented them on their games and how well they played and just gave them words of encouragement for the future. It was just like she has no idea that Mike was under the net, no idea that like every, people were probably listening to that, no idea that if people were still even tuned in on the stream listening to that. But right, I mean, I just act. want to mention it because it was a really nice moment to to yep. listen and, to and overhear. I, the torch. Exactly. Yeah. I know it probably hurts, but like. You know, I'm sure getting that world's win was just like, you know, I this the loss would probably have hurt more if they didn't have that world's win. Mm-hmm. You know, they probably go into this being like, hey, let's play our best. It, you know, we we did our thing. Let's just celebrate and and play some more some more round net. You know, still world yeah. champions in my eyes. But I mean, mm-hmm. if if DC would have beaten uh, Buddy and his sister, would they still the world championships in our eyes? Or, either way, let's just let's go. <laughs> Uh, I was trying to throw in a little hot take there, but whatever. We'll just go for it. That's for, yeah, for the record, Gavin's being sarcastic. Yeah, <laughs> that is sarcasm. But let's move quickly through these semifinals, because in my opinion, there's not too much to talk about. And we've already mentioned and touched on them. Twins winning in two against Scream Team. Not much of a surprise. Scream Team will be slightly disappointed. They couldn't perform a little bit better uh, in my eyes. And then Kickstart losing uh, 21-12 and then 21-16 to Katie and Lauda again. Katie and Lauda performing very well, and Kickstart a little bit disappointed that they couldn't have kept it closer in the semifinals, but not really too but surprising standard. results in my opinion. Yep. Um, and then before we move on to the final, the third place matchup: Scream Team, Tina and Julia beating Kickstart again quite comfortably in the bronze place uh, match. So great for them to get on podium. I'm sure that would have been a, a target for them moving into the tournament and something that they're very happy about. And then on to the final. It was probably the matchup that had the it was to give a team the best opportunity to dethrone the twins, being Katie and Laura. They were probably the favorites to beat the twins. 
but unfortunately they they uh i think they went up in game two four one or had a couple of points lead but unfortunately just couldn't hold on and yeah huge congratulations to twins winning into 21 16 21 15 just yeah i mean yeah. running out of words of how impressive yeah. they've been this season I mean, we saw similar results in Boston when Katie and Laura played also and against twins. And I mean, I, I don't want to say that this was the expected result because it could have really anything could have happened. But at the same time, twins, twins had a couple breaks against them by Laura serving in the in the early game, both games, I'm pretty sure. And then afterwards, got those breaks back slowly, but surely the silent killers and then towards the end of the game they just turned on another gear and it just didn't seem fair anymore. Um, I, I mean, not to say it didn't seem fair anymore, but they really just played clean brown net. And I mean, you couldn't yeah. avoid it. Mm -hmm. They, I mean, they are just the best two women's round net players in, in my humble opinion, one and two. Right. Yep. And so like when they're both playing well, when they're both playing well, like they're going to beat you. You guys can all debate on who's better. That's a whole different thing, but um, I think they're number one and two, whatever yep. order you want. Um, so when they're both playing well, and especially because that's a one plus one equals three thing, we're like, they play well together. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so like at this current point, if they play well, I don't think you're beating them. I think there are teams that could certainly give them a, a better run. Um, but in my opinion right now, you know, twins just are the best two players and are Better. showing it. They have that twin telepathy. Mm. as per the stream mm. anyways no I, I yeah again they played very well very consistent we talked about it before if their ceiling's very high and their floor is not very low they play very consistent um and i think again if we're talking about teams being a little bit disappointed i'm pretty sure Lauda and katie will be quite disappointed that they couldn't have improved on how they did against twins in boston uh, where that wasn't too close either. And it was similar games, similar score lines, 21-16, 21-15. And I think especially Katie will be quite disappointed um, given that, I mean, I think Laura got breaks in both games, uh, serving against both uh, Ali and Olivia. And yeah, they just grinded back. And I think it's been, there's, I say this because there's no doubt that Katie's going to keep him, keep on improving and continuing to be one of the top women's round net players. And with, again, more years experience and playing at the highest level, she's going to only improve. But I think she will be quite disappointed with her performance. Um, right. Yeah, well, at Nationals. I, well, I think truthfully in, in that, in that and in, in that finals and in the pro finals, right? Katie and Laura did not play did not play their best and well because well i've seen i've like a like i've just literally seen them play better right like katie played awesome in the women's uh women's finals squad against alexa um with saskia she played awesome and then i've seen laura play better mm -hmm. um and then obviously the pro finals is a whole different thing there's a whole team we've seen play better so i think it's like obviously a great it's so challenging right because it's probably like you got second and like you lost to the best team in the world, but it's hard to like leave feeling you had more in the tank. It's so, mm -hmm. it's so funny when it's like, um, it's, it's funny. We do two out of three. I just keep a, just a million analogies because it's sports season. <laughs> right. But like some playoffs you do best of seven and it's like, Hey, we're doing tons of games, tons of time. You can have a bad night. That's fine. And then sometimes it's the super bowl. And it's like, nope, you just, you have a bad game. Yeah, you just lose chance. the championship and that is it. Yep. Right. Yep. You got one chance. And like, <laughs> it's, 
it's crazy. I mean, that's the fun in sports, but it's so it's, it's very interesting how structure is a very like, how are you playing today? You have a little bit of time to adjust, but it's not like, oh, I just kind of slept poor and I'm nervous. And it's just, you know, I got, they got me out of the gate. Yep. Yep. All Um, right. That's Uh, a a great segue, Mike, because if we're talking about finer details, I think we should move on to the men's division. And where, again, these small details was the difference between potentially podium him in like, uh, like Garrett and Joe did or the potential of, you know, going out in the first round, such small potentials between too much parody, too much parody, absolutely crazy, but so entertaining to follow and watch. And I think we would do this a little bit different way because uh, surprise for everyone that's listening. uh, Fred is going to be coming on the podcast very shortly and talking a little bit about the final. Who? Who? <laughs> Fred is going to be coming on, and uh, <laughs> um, exactly who? Um, no, Fred's going to be coming on, and uh, we're going to start backwards. So we're going to start talking a little bit about the final between double clutch and assisted touch, and then work our way backwards from the tournament. So um, yeah, let's invite Fred, who's waiting patiently in the waiting room. Oh wow! I didn't Just know like this. Room, okay, good. Oh, yeah, Freddy's his given name. <laughs> You mean, Fred, you mean Fred Hinnickle? <laughs> that was Fred a jersey, Hinnickle. wasn't it? What was, what was that with the jersey? Yeah, the jersey Fred Hinnickle. We got to ask him about that. That's the first thing we should ask. Yeah. Where's he at? Fred, can you hear us? Yep. Are we Welcome. talking to Fred? Fred, Fred we need to clarify. Um, is your last name Hinnickle or Hinkle? Oh, my God. My name's actually Fred Rick with a K and Hinnickle with two eyes. Yeah, of course. <laughs> got both names wrong. Oh, so it, so it got spelled oh. wrong. Was that was that a like a, a Jersey thing? Was that on their on their side that it happened, or what happened? Or did you fill out a on, form? Uh, I did not fill out any form. It was on my Jersey, and it was on ESPN. They got first and last name wrong. It was pretty funny. Oh my goodness! That's so when cool. people, it's not you have a difficult name, in my opinion. Yeah. Apparently, I do remember. Like in my in my head, I heard like. Nope, it's nope, it's it's Hinkle. The jersey's wrong. The jersey's wrong. <laughs> Imagine if you but anyway, Fred. You just, oh, no, I couldn't but... stop trying to look for it. I, I I missed the first four or five points trying to figure out whether or not it actually had an extra eye. I didn't <laughs> no, watch the game. On on a serious note, Fred, we're about an hour into the podcast. We've gone through uh, the coe. We talked about women's and moving on to men's. We thought we'd start obviously with the final with having you here. I think a lot of people would appreciate your your feedback after the final in regards to what you thought about it um, and your overall reaction uh, based on that final matchup against Sister it's Touch. One. So yeah, give us a, give us an insight and your thoughts on after the match. This is how you know you're an athlete because we're just like, tell us about your loss. Just tell <laughs> us how you lost. <laughs> uh, from like a pretty analytical perspective, I'll say, if we consider the match the night before, rather serving heavy, um, the, I would say the match as the day before, pretty serving heavy, cruise control versus us being very serve heavy, and then assistive touch versus swervy being very serve heavy. The finals was not. The finals was distinctly not serve heavy. Um, I thought that we had a lot of rallies. It felt like there was a touch seemingly every point, a lot of the touches were converted rather weakly, yeah. resulting in 
extended rallies, honestly. So I, th- I thought the actual quality of the games was a little bit lower than the night before. Um, but that, that actually made for good rally percentages. Uh, surf percentages were really low from us, I felt. Um, and I think that's really what did us in. I th- you could see us going for gentlemen serves and drops even. Mm-hmm. And yeah, let, still yeah. getting touches. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't know how far into this you want me to go, though. Please, no, think, no, you can continue. Cool. Yep. Um, Rahul noted that he was pretty dead going into Sunday. He didn't really have much left in the tank, having played co-ed, having played all Saturday, having played Thursday and Wednesday as well. And then I was pretty gassed from Saturday and then the, the week prior playing pretty heavily. But honestly, I mean, Saturday was grueling. That day was so long. Um, I don't remember the last time I was that sore. I, it was so much right, fun. Because you're playing was, as many as you killer. normally would, but you're playing all the just better teams the whole time, right? You're just playing great teams all day. You Like you guys in the morning will have, you know, two easy series. Or you guys won't maybe want to have a challenging match till, you know, four, three or four in the afternoon. But here you've got to be on all day. Yeah. yeah and not only that but like because the wind was so fierce um up until about round of 16 we couldn't even serve ball through the the pool play like usually usually we play bazinga and we're just going to serve ball through them hit a bunch of aces move on okay we'll play some defense we might tack on a break or two here and there but like if you go back and watch that bazinga series there are like eight aces from us in three games and, or in two games. And that's just not where we want to be playing against them. So, I mean, it it was tough. It was a lot of fun, but it was, it was a really tough day. Then, uh, what else should I touch on? Yeah, I thought, I thought those were my big thoughts from finals. Went in, didn't really have much gas, didn't hit any serves. Never found consistency from the line for me personally. Rahul got hot there at the end. Um, I think if we like come out playing with that serve quality and that percentage, the games are way more interesting. We probably go three and it's, you know, what everyone wants, but yeah, that that's mm-hmm. largely my thoughts. I, th- I think for me, I noticed those two things as well. The serving percentage wasn't the highest from you guys. I think I've seen you perform a lot better from the serving line. And then also the ability to convert those, those body ups into strong offensive swings um, that that seemed to be hindered by the wind quite a bit. I want to ask some some way into the first or second game. Um, I don't I don't know how high assistive touch was up in any in either of those given two games. But were you discouraged at any point during either either of those games, thinking that double clutch might not be clutch? Um, I mean, we were up, I believe, eighteen no seventeen fifteen in game one. Okay. Before losing twenty one eighteen. Then we were down 14-18 before losing 19-21 game two. Yeah. Yeah. I would say I was just wondering when we were going to catch a break. I hit When I hit the ace at like, I want to say like 9-13, that was just brutal having that get called back. Yeah, Um, Yeah. So I was just kind of wondering throughout the series, all right, when are we going to get a break? Like when is something going to go our way that we can kind of jump off from and get a run going so it wasn't to me like oh i'm concerned we're not going to be clutch i'm just waiting for the moment so we can seize it 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 is funny 
hearing this all this because it's like i don't know like i experienced that same thing i'm just like when's double clutch just gonna like get that momentum like it felt like we were just kind of waiting the whole time and then truthfully you kept double faulting and it was like oh if i'm like if fred's not getting hot if if fred's not putting one through him i don't it was weird because it actually felt really foreign it was like oh yeah. like this doesn't happen mm-hmm, like yeah. what's going like i've seen other games where like people don't hit any serves and right not 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 trying to chirp but like as i was watching i was like dang fred's just double faulting like i don't i haven't seen this before you know like well, i don't know what's going on yeah well, we're coming off the most recent game that they had played or seen live was playing against cruise control where they won pretty handily and I remember watching and listening to that game and Fred, you hit a reverse cut ace on, I think it was Garrett. It just seemed to zip off the net, go right by him. And I was waiting to see one of those in the assist of touch game just didn't happen. And then also I remember hearing you say to Raul, um, it, it was after like three, four, maybe five, not, I don't know if it was consecutive breaks, but it was within a short period of time where Raul got a body defensive up and it went literally perfect. Couldn't have missed you. And you go, uh, he he missed a defensive touch and you said hey four or five just went straight up before that you're in the right spot you've been in the right, right spot the entire time and it was like the contrast between the two games and not having those conversions it did feel so foreign I can totally agree with that word I mean it's kind of weird you watch that series against cruise control where all those bodies go straight up Rahul has two or three of those bodies that go straight up in the finals and then all of them land or are going to land more than 25 feet from the net because the wind just takes the ball yeah and you can see me running stuff down trying to just get to a point where i can make any kind of set just put them in the vicinity uh of the no hit zone so i mean it's it's one thing when you're setting from eight feet or you're setting from 14 feet it's another thing to set from from outside 25 with all the wind it and I think like that's you, really yeah. what we saw. Yeah. It seemed like you guys got put in positions where the ball would travel away from you. So you'd have to lay out and put those over your shoulder. And then the ones that went assistive touches way, and this is a hot take, but they, they went up buddy or Clark overhand said it, it was a little boop into the net. You couldn't have messed it up because the wind can't carry it that much. And they just converted. But um, I, they, it was said multiple times, like a game where you're rallying against assistive touch is not a game that you're, typically going to win but honestly i think with the two outliers that we talked about serving and the uh the conversion rate as far as second touches i still think that this game could have ended in dc's favor but i'm who knows the only thing i'm thinking of is just the massive contrast between this final and the final last year what was it what was the rally percentage last year was it around three (laughs) percent Like we the, had one rally. <laughs> this, <laughs> but it definitely so everyone, made. So hitters got worse in 2022. <laughs> defense orientated, no, yeah, his for sure. But yeah. look, out of options. You you mentioned earlier, Fred, about it being more entertaining, but not not potentially the final you'd want to, not the final that wants to be played if DC want to have the best opportunity to win. But it was definitely entertaining for the viewers. Um, and it's just interesting because, yeah, but given the final last year, I think you guys were in good control despite Ryder going on a few ace streaks. You guys felt quite comfortable and in control of the both, uh, well, obviously not the first set, but the second and third set felt quite in control after Ryder sort of slowed down with his hot streaks. But I felt like in this 
uh, in this game didn't feel like even if you was a couple of points up, you were never fully in control of the match. Uh, that's what it looked like for me from an outside perspective when watching both the the sets in the final. I think I think I was a little bit smarter with my timeout usage in 2021. Uh, I think I jumped the gun and used my timeouts in places that was not the most effective. Um, probably shouldn't have used the timeout after the lost point at 19s in game two. That was probably a poor decision. Um, but yeah, no, I mean, I think there's something to be said for the way we held momentum and controlled it in 2021 as opposed to this year. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Fred, what's what's your mindset with a second place finish? How do you feel? I mean, obviously, I'm sure you're you're torn up inside at the end of the tournament. But now that it's had a few days to cognize, um, are you like, hey, we still played very well and we got second place? Or you're like, I need to get back out there because I'm ready to to take it next year? Uh, I would say I'm really happy with my Saturday performance. I felt like my game was in such a good spot going into that event. So kind of really happy with the place my game currently sits and then just kind of disappointed that Sunday happened, um, that that's what showed up Sunday. Exactly. Um, but I mean, I'm not really that driven to grind my game out. I feel like I have a pretty significant edge over everybody that isn't Gabe. I, I just think there's like, a pretty wide margin between the two of us and the rest of the field. So I'm not like, Oh gosh, I need to work on my game. I need to include this. I need to get better in these aspects. It's just like, you can have a bad day and that's part of part of sports. Was it the first point of the finals where you got, got the body defensive up and then it converted for the, yeah. I, I saw you just slide into position. I'm like, that's not Raul. And then, and then just played it out and got that point. I'm like, wait a second. Fred got like a, like, not, not to say that you don't play good body defense. I think that your game well-rounded it was around, but it's more often, more often than not, it's Raul getting those body ups that go straight up. And then you guys converted the point. I'm like, oh, that was so cool. But yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, it really can't be said how much Rahul and I have played together and how dynamic our defense has become. Yeah. Uh, I would say we used to be much more stringently systematic. And I mean, the fluidity that we're playing with at this point gives us so much opportunity to make weird plays or uh, exit the north. I think Rahul even has a rundown in in that finals. And I know he has two rundowns uh, against Cigar Boys and, uh, yeah, uh, a few throughout the day. So, I mean, this this is DC becoming more and more dynamic, playing all parts of the game, even Rahul. Yeah, I had to leave that in there because it was a really cool moment. But uh, guys, what el- what else can we pick out? Pick on Fred well, about? I think the last thing we mentioned, Fred, before we're going to continue on with the uh, reviewing over the the men's the men's division for the championship, is I'm assuming you and Fred are competing again in 2023, or is it wow. too early to? Uh, have you not had that discussion yet. I mean Rahul. <laughs> You mean Rahul? Yeah. You said no, competing Rahul. with Fred. <laughs> Did I? Sorry. I would love Fred and Fred. <laughs> Fred and Fred? Wow. Hey, if we... Good team. Fred, good team. Do we answer this? Double. Okay, so per, before you answer if you and Rahul are going to... If Double Clutch is going to continue, 
Um, answer, if you had a clone of yourself, would you prefer to play with yourself? I think I would prefer to play with Rahul. I think we would get diminishing returns from serving identically, right? Like, I think having that different look and challenging different parts of their game is good. And then I think Rahul's body defense is so much better than mine that to have him playing with me is better. Uh, yeah. So, no, I don't mm -hmm. think we would be as good successful answer. just one of us cloned. <laughs> yeah. And to answer the question that's on everyone's <laughs> minds, are right. we going to see a, a, a double clutch in 2023? Uh, that is my intention. I, I think Rahul intends to continue playing. Uh, I think I intend to continue playing. So as far as I know, that is the plan for next year. And you're both not getting married anytime soon, right? As far as I can tell. As, as, you, as far as, as I far as I'm aware of, he says. <laughs> well, all right. That um, sounds good. Fred, so we're going to, I want to say we're going to talk about the rest of the division and the day. Is there anything that surprised you most uh, for the other teams in the division on Saturday? Um, I was surprised. Uh, actually, I think more notably, I was not surprised P&Dubs beat Wasabi. I don't want to say that's chalk, but that certainly didn't surprise me. I thought Austin and Malachi were both underrated, especially Malachi. Um, following that, I was surprised Bully McGuire lost to Cigar Boys in two. And uh, trying to think of anything else. Cruise Control, I thought that was pretty chalk. I had them in second on my... Um, People probably want it. Never yeah, heard this they're... phrase before. Chalk is like not a hot take. Like expected, expected. to happen. It would happen. Just for everyone. Yeah, um, chalk on the board. Fred, I, I want to know. I I would love. I think. Well, I would say I'm. I'm gonna be. I would say I think our listeners probably want to know what you think about Fanaki Modell's first round exit. I mean, they and the were that... you relieved when you saw them? And were you relieved when you saw them out? <laughs> uh. So I was I was honestly disappointed to see FM fall. I wanted to play them in the finals. I thought that would produce the highest level round net. I think Boston finals mm -hmm. was the highest level round net of the year. Um, so I I mean potentially potentially a swervy at pick your poison, but um, no I was disappointed. My thoughts on the actual loss though. We've seen Gabe and Max struggle to beat Ryan consistently throughout the year. Ryan moving to four and one. So it really was kind of the guy that they don't want to see finding them uh, to start the day. So kind of crazy to see Gabe's T9s. I, I really, I mean, we memed about it a little bit before nationals, but I don't think anybody in their right mind expected it. Yep. Mm -hmm. Yep. Totally agree. I, I was so at the event, I was like very confident that like Swervy was going to win that. And I feel bad that I like thought that, right? Because it's like, I don't want to root against them, but I've seen, well, not just with Ryan is Finock model has not been able to clutch it for, you know, multiple moments this season, right? Like the Boston, Boston is really when they did it. Right. Um, so, yeah. So hopefully we get to see them again and they can uh, figure that out for next year. <laughs> and I know but that we Max won't will be going back to Cole. Yeah, uh, no, true. Gabe's also playing with, tournament together. Gabe's playing with Ryder. 
That's you're, hot. You're joke. straight face right now. <laughs> That's a joke. Yeah. So, I think uh, you're right. Yeah. Cole's grinding too. Cole's grinding. That's what I hear. The the people in Richmond say that Cole plays most days a week. So maybe Hilltop will be back with a vengeance. I would love to see uh, some podiums from them next year. Yep. That would be sick. That's a that that's a conversation that hopefully we could make an entire so, podcast about. That'll be exciting to to talk about this. The last note: the next if season. if Fred is not playing with Rahul, look for him to be playing with Gabe Finocchi. I think that's what we just heard here. I thought he was playing with you, Mike. I got to earn premiere first. Options. He said. He said I got to do that first. Yeah, they're both good options. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I would love right, to thank come you, back, Fred. Uh, I would love to come back when formats are released, so we can discuss the format of the new year. Because I'm, I'm curious mm-hmm. what Spike Paul is going to put together, and I think that will shape some of the teams we see. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Agreed. We're definitely going to be having a podcast next week and the week after discussing uh, potential teams for next year with a lot of free agents. Definitely going to be open, um, as well as both on the women's and men's side, and especially some matchups that we'd like to be seeing be seeing in the off season. So yeah, yeah, we'll be doing that next week, if not the week after. So I'm sure you'll like that one. Alrighty then. All right. Love Appreciate you, you joining, Take Fred. Take care, y'all. All right, Fred. Have a good night, man. Bye. Thanks for coming Bye. on. All right, so now that he's out of here, let's talk some crap <laughs> right. about that. <laughs> Sorry, I hate that guy. <laughs> but hey, seriously, we, we talked about finals with Fred, but we we cannot not. Well, we had the opportunity to talk about DC versus Cruise Control, obviously winning that pretty handily. But what I feel was the game of the year was assistive touch and swervy. With I that, think it was the game. that was crazy. Uh, really, really quick, really quick, really quick, really quick in 10 seconds. <laughs> really quick in 10 seconds. We just talked about DC. Let's just say, AT, congratulations. You guys played a really Ooh, well, yes. well deserved uh, championship. <laughs> Boom. Yeah. yeah. Well, That's all we'll say. Move on to AT Swervy. Move on to AT yeah. Swervy. Way better. AT Swervy was unreal. Yeah. I've got that as game. Um, I think we're going to do that. We'll do that next week. Um, yeah. Again, spoiler. We're going to have some awards that round at podcast awards for 2022. We are. For next <gasps> week, special. That's insight. a good idea. So we're gonna make our own uh, awards for game, game of the year, uh, player of the year, men's and women's uh, su- surprise result of the year, best comeback of the year, etc. So feel free to join Run us. Just because the season's the over, just, yeah. The, <laughs> just because the season's over, it's there's be plenty still happening. Some fun segments. <laughs> so just so you listeners are aware, um, starting with yeah, the awards of the season that we'll be getting giving out next next week but go on swervy assistive touch yes an incredible matchup for sure go on gavin dude to, to see <laughs> at lose lose that game for first game right they went, lost the first game okay wait wait yep. okay yeah they lost, they lost the first, the first game, game 20, 21, 21, 17. 21 17 and then having having heard the history of uh, i think it was in boston that swervy beat assist beat assistive mm-hmm. yeah and then i don't know if there was another time but with that history and having that storyline it's like oh swervy might take game two and then we we go yeah. into x we go into extras after i think i think i think assistive touch was down 18 20 mm-hmm. and then gets three like was it two two consecutive I think breaks they were also time. up like they were also down like earlier in the game too. yeah yeah like yeah. they was down like in all three comebacks. sets if i'm not if i'm not mistaken they was down in yeah. all three games to begin with but two crazy breaks from 18 18 20 to 19 20 to 20 20 to I mean, and then after that, it's right, a they just game went, because like, you have two points to work with. Three straight. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they took the lead, didn't they? Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I, think I, they did. I didn't watch yeah. it. And then I think they <laughs> lost the lead and then gained it back again and went on to win. Like, right. just to 
<laughs> everything you want from an um, semi-final without a doubt for for those at home jonah and i were like standing up commentating like it was just <laughs> too exciting That's like great. we were we our chairs were gone we were just in it watching it was, it was amazing it was awesome matchup. That to me is what pro round net looks, looks and feels like that. But I mean, if, if it's an anomaly, excuse me saying that, but wow, that was really exciting, competitive, tall round net. Like I, I what was the average height on the It's field? always tall, tall. <laughs> There's always something to be said about like the context, right? Like the context certainly matters, right? Like if that is a, right, like that would be a cool pool play match. Right. But like, semifinals the championship with the crowd like it just takes it to a whole like extra level mm -hmm. right just like the, i think round net like many other sports like right right the people say mostly like specifically what i remember is like playoff hockey is like just it's a whole separate thing and i think like late bracket round net is just crazy i mean there's reasons for it, right you've been playing all day you're moving you're tired but you're still you're warm but especially like the crowd fills in like late bracket round that is just is something special. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And and you have to talk about the freaking sunset that's going on in the background, like an 8.9. Yes. <laughs> that was crazy. The the environment just seemed the atmosphere just seems so wild. And then you have plays that match that. And holy crap. Yeah. And that there was one play where Buddy has two two body defensive ups to in the point. It just mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah. Just... Crazy, crazy round that. So yeah, yeah, obviously awesome matchup, great game. And then there was, I think there was, there was a lot of games. We talked at the very beginning of this pro division that margins the difference. And just looking at the round of 16, we have one, two, three, four, five of the eight matchups going to three sets. Like, wow, yeah, like, wow, we've been talking about parity all year, but look, three sets and games that go into extras we know they can go either way. So to have that in the semifinal, yeah. but also have it in five out of the eight round of 16 matchups, just absolutely, yeah, awesome round net, very interesting. Uh, no, I've I've been talking a lot around that, obviously, um, <laughs> forever and also in the past like couple of days. But um, I wanted to note that like the first ever pro division in 2018, there was one seeded upset in the entire pool play and bracket, wow. literally one. Wow. Right? So that's like, 30 40 something matches and literally one mm -hmm. so the fact that a four seed got a one seed and all of this stuff is just like i right you could think it's okay maybe it's too much parody that's a whole thing <laughs> but like we've there used to be literally like none like yep. the the game and the competition I think is just in in a great spot it's yeah. so cool to think about yeah i have a question Agreed. for you too because i wasn't there and well, yeah. Anyways, well, I have a question for Mike. It's Scott was there. Well, well at Worlds. No. <laughs> well, at Worlds. Well, you guys were at Worlds. I wasn't. And then you were you were at the the championship, Mike. So I want to ask: mm -hmm. as far as the men's pro division being, I I feel that this was the most stacked men's division that there has been, and I also I also feel that this trumps the the world tournament. So do you feel that the at, from an atmosphere and a overall talent perspective that this was the most exciting men's pro division this year? I mean, I think, I think talent wise. Yes. I think it's no question. Like this was just unbelievable talent wise. Agreed. Yeah. Um, unbelievable talent wise, as far as atmosphere wise, my answer, my answer is, is like a, is like a clear no. 
like I think like the Swervy match was incredible, right? The finals was really cool. But like outside of that, it wasn't too super nutable. Like truthfully, it's kind of casual. And like it's something that I actually like disliked at the event is that like there is one main field, but it still is. It's something I talk about that's like really cool. And also I don't like it at the same time. Um, shout out to uh, the fan who came up to me at the event and told me they love my Smash Bros reference. I'm going to do another one here. Or like you go to these major events and there's one like mainstream thing. And so like you'll often get like pulled on stream like we have here. It's like your matches on stream. But again, there's like 500 matches going on. And so sometimes it's like the and 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 top players, there's like a tons of top players. So sometimes you'll see like two top 16 players playing on a small TV with just a huge crowd around them. And sometimes it's really cool to be like, okay, this is like super casual for something that feels really important. And like that's how the event feels sometimes. It's like you have you have switch hit and airbuds just playing off in a corner. And like at one time, that's cool because it's like, wow, that's a crazy matchup. And they're just playing over there. Mm-hmm. But at the other side, it also feels very casual. So it's like, wow, this is like the top 16. This is the pro division. It's really just a guy of people out here playing pickup, right? Mm-hmm. And later in the day, right, the swervy matchup and the finals specifically feels very legit. And you get that atmosphere. Um, but throughout the day, not really. So to end my very long thing, thanks for listening. Worlds had a very cool event atmosphere the whole time, even if it was just round of 64 and there were people everywhere. Like it just felt like a, it just felt like an, like a, like a big event. It just felt there was something in the air. There was something (laughs) in the air at Worlds. I did not feel that at the, at, at the championship. I felt it at times, like I said, but as far as overall, Worlds is still like the creme de la creme of rounded mm-hmm. atmospheres. Right. Yep. And yep. Thank you for question. listening. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I, that's that's a great way to to sort of end off the vibe and feeling of the championship. And unless anyone wants to say any more topic, I think we should just end off by uh, summarizing probably the the biggest surprises of the day in the pro division. We've already touched on uh, Gabe and Max losing in the round of 16, which again, they'd be disappointed with, especially winning game one, 21-18 as well. And it comes back to that curse of Gabe and, losing and, in the first and round. I think Swervy, sorry to interrupt. I hate this. On no, Zoom. you're good. It feels less awkward in person. Like I think Swervy, if I remember correctly, but I could not because I'm an idiot. So I think Swervy broke it at like 19-20 or something like swervy stayed alive like by the skin of their teeth like mm. it very much could have gone finaki modell's way but yeah, then we wouldn't have got swervy at you know butterfly effect <laughs> yeah exactly so anyway, we, would have, we would have ended up getting gabe max at which also would have been a very good match that would too. have been really a good match but yeah. um yeah obviously quite surprised to see cruise control get on podium uh, not a team we've discussed massively on the podcast because, again, they haven't really competed at many events recently, but every event they have competed at, they've done pretty well. So not not a surprise, but sort of a surprise seeing them get on the mm-hmm. podium. None of us had had them on our podium uh, in the in the preview episode. Um, we've touched on uh, P&Dubs uh, winning over Wasabi uh, in the... Well, we got a shout-out Wasabi. 
We saw yeah, out with Zabi getting the one seed in their pool. That's, that that in pool matchup was seed. crazy. Everyone yeah. going in with one win and one loss going into the final round. Everyone yeah. beating everyone or everyone losing or slash winning to everyone. But then eventually, yeah. Um, yeah, they end up losing to PNW, which I'm sure they'll be slightly disappointed with because that's a matchup that I'm sure they would have liked to go into. Yeah. In the, in the... Well, I, sent, I, keep, I sent you guys this in the group chat. Sorry, I feel like I'm going crazy right now. I sent this <laughs> to you guys in the group chat. PNW's, was serving 17 was serving 2017 mm-hmm. and i walk by and austin goes to me he goes mike this one's for you and he misses he double faults so Vinny gets the ball at 18 20 this is a must win game two for wasabi and Vinny aces four in a row <laughs> and i don't even think he faulted i think it was just four serves in a row to win 22 no 20 and force the game three it was just like no but i think it was like austin's great i never met malachi um, but he was such a good sport. He's just like, what What am I supposed to do? Like, he is so good. Mm-hmm. Like, what am I supposed to do? Yeah. Um, yeah. But other notable mentions before we uh, round off this big episode of the pod, Switch Hit beating Airbuds in three after losing the first at 21-15. So a little bit disappointing for Airbuds, but it's like, how can you be that disappointed if you're Airbuds? You lost to Switch here, like a top team that's come like podium in almost every 16. tournament they've played at this year. Like, it's just unfortunate that you play them so early, but also not that unfortunate because this is the pro division. So you're going to get a great team that's podium probably at one major or challenger event this season. Just, yeah, Swamp Donkeys will matters. probably be disappointed with their overall performance at nationals, uh, given how well they were coming into the event after the Worlds. Um, Bazinga doing pretty well, winning uh, 2-1 in their set against Creamy before losing to Swervy in the quarterfinals. Kingdom Come be slightly disappointing, losing three close games to Cruise Control. Like again, these are matchups that happen in the quarterfinals slash semifinals at Challengers or Majors. So when you're playing this team in the round of 16, they're going to be close. They're going to be down to the details and it could go either way. And that's the difference whether you come in the semifinal like Swervy did by winning that close matchup against Gabe and Max or the difference between, you know, coming T9 and having quite a dis- disappointing championship slash nationals. It's just, uh, we've talked about so much parity, so much competition. I have to mention that the Airbuds losing against Switch It, that happened after Airbuds had beaten Double Clutch in pool play, right? In three. Mm-hmm. Although yeah, I would add wild. that, yep. I would add that Double Clutch, because of the seeding, so those didn't know, the seeding was done by group basis. So if you won group A, you would be the top seed. Um, even if you lost a game and your game, so Gabe, Max, and Assistive Touch went went uh, mm-hmm. unbeaten in pool play, but mm-hmm. it didn't get the top seed. That top seed went to deep, uh, double clutch because they won their group, which was group A. That was just the way seeding has been done in the pro division, um, which Mike actually informed me of because I was very confused that they weren't the top seed going into bracket. If you guys are, if you guys are curious about how the seeding and all that stuff works, Happy to deep dive on it. So let it reach us out on the, on the Instagrams, mm-hmm. but Sheesh. yes, continue. But yeah, um, no, just, yeah, like, I, yeah. I wanted to say that, um, there was we something love I you wanted guys. to say. Okay. <laughs> last thing I got to say, we love you to listen. <laughs> last thing I got to say, you guys got to, got to pour one out for wonky sauce in STS slash world's events. They have only lost to double clutch and assistive touch just pour one out for the boys just just 
Uh, okay, so I'll say so. I guess no. So, so they now lost. Frank so, so they did. Okay, well, so I'll say now in pool play they did lose to Wasabi, and then uh, who was the other team? But that was just so they did get Canadian some extra losses. But but in good. in bracket they've only lost to Double Clutch and Assistive Touch. Tough, tough. Yeah, <laughs> very tough. And especially oh. after what they did at Worlds, beating Fred and Matt, you know them getting into the deeper rounds of the tournament would have been entertaining. Um, yeah guys are you done with this podcast i'm just feeling i'm just i think i'm just <laughs> overly tired so i'm just feeling it um hey, maybe we cut right did, here but i just did... but i just gotta do this real quick you ready okay um uh, <laughs> hello i'm frederick hinkle i play on double clutch um i was on that round at podcast with scott gavin and mike um it's a pretty good podcast um but yeah um, I like to hit the ball hard. I'm from Texas. Uh, Double Clutch is going to win the championship next year. Scott, uh, thanks for play listening. that outro. <laughs> was that even good? I feel like it wasn't even close to good. I was just so shocked that you were doing voice. it. I was like, what's going on? I was trying to do my Frederick impression. I don't think he started as much as that. I think he's, he's more he's more well-versed. Okay. So, yeah. wait, so was that mean? No, Can we not no, put it in fine. the episode? No, you're fine. It, no, we, fine. Knew, we knew what the intention was. It's it's about the intention. <laughs> I, I like, like his pauses. <laughs>